Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Be Her Village podcast. My name is Caitlin Legreas, and I'm the founder of Be Her Village. Be Her Village is an online gift registry for what moms really need, support, not stuff. We're talking to providers and people who care for moms in their pregnancy, their birth, their postpartum. We're talking to real moms and hearing their stories and really just getting into all the good stuff that comes along with new parenthood. So check us out, tune in, and let us know what you think. Hey, everybody. This is Janelle, and welcome to the Be Her Village podcast. In today's episode, Caitlin is talking to Janelyn Pomeroy, who is a birth and postpartum doula on Long Island. Janelyn's story is really cool in that she started supporting pregnant and birthing moms while working in an adoption agency. And she actually was doing doula work before she even knew what being a doula was or that, you know, that the word doula even existed. She just really loves supporting these moms throughout their pregnancies and their births, and she noticed that they had a much easier time adapting and recovering when they had that kind of support. So in this episode, we talk about what doulas do, what Janelyn specifically does in her practice, and how they support moms, how they support families during the pregnancy, the birth, and the postpartum time. We dispel some myths around doulas that they're not just for the, you know, crunchy granola moms, that doulas can support a wide range of families from those who are having a home birth to those who are planning a scheduled C-section. And this is one of our first introductions on our podcast to postpartum doulas, which is a really cool thing because... It is kind of hard when you get the baby home and, you know, all the medical professionals are gone and it's like, okay, now what? And so it's nice to have a postpartum doula there to help you, you know, just do the things like give the baby the first bath, figure out how to, you know, schedule the feedings at night, how to swaddle the baby, and even things just like seeing how to pick the baby up and just knowing that the baby is not as fragile as it sort of seems like it's like it is so this conversation was great it's another testament to our love of doulas reassuring everybody that getting the support you need is normal getting the support you need is possible and we're super excited to offer that at be her village So Janelyn is one of our providers that's listed. So if you're on Long Island, you can hire Janelyn for your birth or your postpartum or both. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Be Her Village podcast. I am Caitlin McGrace, founder of Be Her Village. And today I am joined by Janelyn Pomeroy, who is a wonderful person, my friend, and also a birth and postpartum doula who is listed on Be Her Village. And thank you so much for joining us today, Janelyn. Thanks, Caitlin, for having me. Yes, it's always, always my pleasure. Um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of get into it. I think you have a really interesting story about how you started in birth, because I, I know that you uh, did some adoption work in 
Mississippi, Missouri, Missouri, Missouri. Yep. Other areas. And I would love to just kind of like dive into that about what that was like, how you got into that work, what it actually looked like, and then how that got you to where you are today, which is on Long Island doing all the doula work. Apparently we were just talking <laughs> off the air about all the births that you've been attending, including two in the past two days. So thank you for even making this recording. I, I've been where you are and it is a very empty place. <laughs> it's loud, a, but empty of energy. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was just about to say it's a very full and empty place to be. Yes, the sleep and the energy is definitely a little low, but the high of coming off of two amazing births um, is definitely there also. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So adoption work, I have my master's in social work. Um, and so my second year of grad school, I actually was um, an intern at a private adoption agency. And then um, it was a small adoption agency um, bordering on, on Missouri and Kansas. Um, and at the end of my internship, it was like, I would love to live here or work here. And the, my boss was like, we want to hire you, but we have no money because we're a private adoption, small private adoption agency. So they were like, create a program and then you have a job. Um, and so I actually started um, a program in Guatemala, an adoption program in Guatemala um, and traveled there two weeks before I was getting married and we were buying a house and all of these things and started an adoption program there. Um, I had no idea about any of this, by the way, when I yes. asked the question. <laughs> I've just known of like a general, like, oh, I did adoption work. I didn't know any of this. Oh my yes. goodness. Yeah. Um, I use Google Translate for all of my like letters when I was like contacting like orphanages and like all these things. Yeah. Um, they're like, do you speak Spanish? I'm like, no, no hablo espanol. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So started a program in Guatemala, but then also was working with adoptive parents, doing home studies and preparing them for their adoptions um, and working with birth parents, um, supporting them um, in their adoption plans. Um, and then we realized that we kind of needed to all have our own little outlets. And so I took over just all of our birth parents um, and really focused in on um, supporting all of the women that were placing their children, majority of them from birth. Um, and what that looked like was you know, when I was on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because um, mamas would call at any time of the hour um, to kind of figure that, you know, what that adoption plan would look like, um, supporting them in pre-counseling, um, so preparing them for the, ado the adoption, um, also helping them just with their pregnancy, because a lot of them were making choices um, for adoption because they didn't have a support system. Um, majority of them already had children. Um, and they realized how hard motherhood is um, and they wanted the very best for the children that they were already parenting and the one that they were carrying. Um, so a lot of times it was accompanying them to doctor's appointments, explaining to them what their doctor was just talking to them about. Um, and then for 29 of my birth moms, I was actually in the labor room with them, um, supporting them as, as they gave birth. Um, and then supporting them afterwards, we're, we were an open adoption agency. And so um, all of our our couples, our families had different levels of openness. Some of them, it was just pictures in an envelope that we stored at our office in case they ever wanted that. And others, they had a completely open adoption and birth mom would, you know, pump and drop off breast milk at their house. So like it was a completely, a huge spectrum um, of, of work and, and, and those relationships. That's absolutely incredible. And I, and I love uh, this vision 
that you really painted because I think my idea of adoption, I've only attended one birth uh, through the Long Island Doula Association's Community Support Fund. It was a teen mom who had chosen to give it, give, uh, to place her place child her for child. adoption. Yeah, I was trying to say the right thing and then the one <laughs> um, just pointing out for everyone who's listening that I was trying to be intentional. I think there's this language of we're giving up our babies for adoption and it's mm-hmm. actually, you know, it's it's a really thoughtful choice. It's not like just, and I love that you just said like that there's open adoptions. There's an ongoing relationship happening there um, for many of them. And I think that seems to be like the trend nowadays, right? Like you know, 30 years ago, it was like adoptions were closed, you, then you'd have to search for your birth parents and documents were inaccessible. But now it seems like there is this recognition that there, there can be a healthy um, relationship that continues between the birth parents and the, and the adopted children and adoptive family. Yeah, it's definitely been, um, I think, scientifically proven and also just like with, you know, watching how adoptees are growing up and how birth parents are growing up when there's no information. There's actually a whole book about it, about how they are always seekers. And so they even subconsciously, they walk into public places and they scan, they scan their room looking for someone that resembles like their child that they placed or resembles them that could be their birth parent. There's always this wonder of what if, like what has happened, what's going on, how are they as a person? And then especially for the adoptee, you know, there's that, why did they place me for adoption? Um, Mm -hmm. And then also then on the genetic side, like just the the medical history and, you know, um, all of those kind of things. And so it's definitely... um, thankfully the pendulum has swung um, so that at least general information is being shared and people can have, you know, at least a glimpse of like who their birth parent was, whether it was like, oh yeah, we met for lunch, but then like it was too hard for her to have ongoing conversation or, you know, communication. And that varies a lot. And, you know, it's always, you know, what is healthy for everyone um, because, you know, some birth parents are placing their children and they're in really hard situations. And so making sure that like, you know, it can be as open and as healthy as all parties that are, you know, involved. That's really a beautiful thing. I just got chills and tears coming to my eyes when you <laughs> talked about that, because it's really, it's just a beautiful thing that you're able to do to help facilitate that and guide people. Um, and I think about the, like, trying to place myself in like the shoes of somebody who's been adopted. And like, I, as someone who's not adopted and knows both my parents already have lots of questions about their <laughs> motivations, <laughs> genetics, and like their own upbringing. And I can call them on the phone and ask them anytime. Right. So the idea of just really, of always seeking that information and not getting it is, it's really, it's, sad and, mm-hmm. and traumatizing. And so it's so lovely that you were able to do that work. Um, and I can see now after asking that question, how that could transition you pretty quickly into doula work. Cause it sounds actually very, at least from my understanding of, of my doula work, it sounds very similar in terms of ushering people through this transition. There's not that additional layer of, of adoption and, and a transition between families, but but it's the same thing, kind of starting mm-hmm. during pregnancy and getting you to the other side and being an emotional and informational support person throughout. I, I would imagine that your adoption work has has maybe brought you to doula work. I would love for you to, me not to have to guess, but like what, how did you go from being an adoption worker in Missouri and Kansas to a doula on Long Island? What was that like? Um, yeah, so it was interesting. I actually didn't even know what the 
word doula, like I had never heard the word doula um, for years. And for a lot of, I um, worked in adoption until I gave birth to my first son. Um, actually, I was at the hospital and I was telling this story. And I was, no, I was at a prenatal last night because after two births, oh. I then had a prenatal visit last night. So I was at a prenatal visit last night and we were talking about early labor and prodromal labor and how, you know, like, you know, with prodromal labor, like it can stop. So maybe, you know, you don't want to like those first couple of hours be like, oh, I'm in labor, you know, and like everyone like runs to like cancel everything. And so I was talking about how the Friday before I gave birth, I was actually having, we were at court finalizing adoption and I was having contractions. Um, and then that Monday was when actually I gave birth. Um, and so I, once I gave birth to my oldest, um, I did stay home. Um, but it was always, you know, how people ask like, what would your dream job be? And because of my work with adoption and the difference I saw in my birth moms, when I, I was able to give them support and being with them at the doctor's offices and, and also the difference that I saw my birth moms received from medical care and at the hospital. Um, and my friends were receiving, like it broke my heart, the different, that disparity of care that I um, witnessed. And this was 20 years ago. Um, not 20 years ago. My son is not that old. 14 years ago. <laughs> um, um, but um, so just, I saw that difference. And then the difference that all of my experience that I did have with adoption work, the difference it made in my own birth um, and the power that it gave me through that education and that life experience. Um, so I always, when someone would ask me like, what is your dream job? I'm like, I'd like to be a person that supports people in labor, um, especially people who don't have that support. And it was years that I would always say that. And someone was like, oh, you want to be a doula? And I was like, I don't know what a doula is. <laughs> <laughs> and I so like Googled it. I was like, oh, it's a real thing. Like I didn't just make oh, up this job. <laughs> that's amazing. I absolutely love that, Natalie. You just keep putting it out there. Yeah, and yeah. and then you find out it's actually a whole career. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but we, you know, we moved around a lot. Um, all three of my, of my kids were born in different states and in like different parts of the country. And so once we finally have landed in New York, um, my older two are older. Um, and so like they're able to stay home by themselves and those kind of things. And um, And so it was finally like this time of my life of like, I think I can finally do this. Like, after um, adoption work, I went into supporting, um, working with an organization called MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers, and supporting women from birth through kindergarten. So I've always had that focus of supporting women, supporting, supporting people um, in this time of life. Um, but it was finally like, I think I can finally actually do this. And I Google search Long Island and doula and found the Long Island Doula Association. I was like, oh my goodness, like, I can just like do this like right here with real people. So yes. um, yeah. And that's Amazing. actually where I met you was at, um, mm -hmm. I think the first one maybe was at like a Starbucks or something and Gaia was presenting. And I just remember that was the I, second time I met you. That the was first the time, time I met you was, um, one of our member meetings and it was at Panera okay. and it was like, ask the board or whatever, like, um, but yeah. Oh, and I was on the board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was on the board. Yes, I remember that. I just remember like, messaging Kathy um, afterwards and being like, Janeline, let's keep our eye on Janeline because she's <laughs> serious and she's so smart. And like you had a notebook and you were asking really intelligent questions. I just had this like real sense of, of passion and knowledge behind you. And I hadn't even really interacted with you, but mm. it was, it was really clear from day one for me that you were 
that you were um, really knowledgeable and really intentional about your work. You know, I could feel the drive um, coming from you. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about what it's like to be a doula on Long Island. What are you, I mean, let's see, there's so much to say about being a doula on Long Island. Um, but what kinds of work, let's talk about, you're doing birth doula work, you're doing postpartum work, right? And you're also, mm -hmm. are you doing separate lactation consults or is that part of your postpartum doula work only? Um, no, I'm doing separate um, oh, wow. lactation consult consults also. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah. let's talk about a little bit about what it means to be a birth doula. If somebody's listening to this and they're, they're hearing us kind of talk shop, right? Because just mm -hmm. for a background for anyone who's listening, Janelle and I know each other through Long Island, a doula association. And then she actually joined our doula team at True Birth. And we've just kind of had this longstanding um, relationship professionally and, and otherwise. And so what does, for someone who's, who's listening, who's pregnant, it's like, okay, what, what does this all mean? Um, what does it look like to be a doula for you? Um, I feel like being a doula for my people that are birthing um, is that they have someone that is there to help educate them in the process, um, to educate them in their choices, um, to help listen to them through all of their experiences, what they're feeling, whether it's, you know, I want to talk to my doctor about this, but I don't know how to say it. Um, or holy crap, I'm about to have a baby um, and I'm really freaking out about that. Can we talk through that? You know, so it's, it's having that person that's always there to help listen and, and process what they're feeling. Um, it's there to help them visualize what birth can be like, um, what birth can be like um, for, and what they're wanting, you know, like everyone has a different birth story and has different ideas of what they want their birth to look like. So helping them to know what those choices are and to filter through what's right for them. Um, it's a, it's a, a constant continuity of care, especially at the hospital. Um, once they are, or, you know, even they can start at home if they're wanting to labor at home first um, that, you know, I'm there to join them. Um, when they're laboring at home for that physical and emotional support um, and then going to the hospital and being with them through baby being born. Um, you know, so sometimes that's um, four hours and sometimes that's 26 hours, you know, yeah. and so you go through different shifts, you know, doctor, doc, even different doctors, especially right now with COVID, a lot of the hospitals um, are really limiting who's on, in, on their floors. And so you may be practicing with one doctor, um, but that doctor is with like three other offices covering. And so you may not even meet the person that is going to deliver your baby until baby's crowning. Um, oh and boy. so having There's someone so that like- with our healthcare system. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Let's start with that, yeah. the fact that the person who's administering your care, you're meeting at the peak of, yes. you know, mm -hmm. of this event. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, it, so yeah. having a doula that you've hired that's with you from the start to the finish of the mm -hmm. pregnancy and the transition into parenthood, but also the right. actual labor and birth. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think um, I just want to point out to anybody who's listening that one of the benefits of having a doula and hiring someone like Janelyn is that there's their motivations and their incentives are really different from the hospital and the doctors and the staff and the midwives and whoever you're working with, 
when you hire a doula, it's really just like, that's one of the oaths that we take that we're working just with the women that we, um, and, and the people and the families that we're supporting. And, and that is our, that is our only person that we owe anything to. And so we're mm-hmm. often um, able to speak a little more freely about situations and give context and give, um, and, and just help them work through their choices in a way that uh, the other players on the team are maybe a little bit more limited by, definitely. Um, I want to mm-hmm. also just ask you to talk a little bit about the types of people that are hiring you, because I think that there's a misconception, and, and maybe it's not a misconception, but that doulas are only for people planning natural births, mm. quote unquote natural births, by the way. I mean, birth is birth. And I think the less labels we can put on it probably for the better. It's just so unique to each individual. Um, but I think that there might be this misconception that you only hire a doula if you're having a home birth or if you really want to go without an epidural. And it's not really for women who are okay with epidurals or induction or even C-sections. Um, so I would love to hear your, your input on that and the types of people that you work with. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is that it's for any person who's giving birth that wants support. Um, and I have supported um, birthing people that are having a scheduled C-section, um, having that scheduled cesarean because their anxiety is so high and they wanted someone to like, re- you know, there's still a lot to prepare for a cesarean and how you're going to recover and all, of, you know, like what it's going to feel like and all those kind of things. And also just getting through pregnancy. It's not just about the delivery. Um, it's about preparing for the labor and delivery, but it's also for like support during pregnancy, which has lots of turns in it. Um, so I've, yeah, I've supported everyone from a planned cesarean to a home birth um, or, you know, people who are wanting to birth naturally in the hospital, unmedicated in the hospital, to people who are, you know, the moment they hear they have a contraction, or even I had a mom that was like, I don't even want to feel a contraction. Like, (laughs) she's like, I want to be induced and I don't want to feel a contraction. But, you know, she had lost her mom um, like a year before that. And she wanted to have that female presence um, in her pregnancy and then also in her labor and delivery. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's not, there for every birth, there should be a, there is a doula. Um, and it's not just those home births, but I do hear that a lot. I actually met with a friend who I ended up supporting in her birth also. And she was like, but I want to have an epidural. And I was like, okay, like we can talk about like the timing of when to have the epidural and how that works. And like, but ultimately it's your choice also, but like you can at least be in, you can be informed because of having a doula on what your choices are, even in those decisions of having an epidural. I love that. And I actually, I would even go further to say that women who are planning an epidural need a doula more than others, both because mm-hmm. you need uh, to then simulate movement and then there's like a higher risk of intervention. So to have an advocate and someone there to help you through that is important. But also, I think that there's this misconception that epidurals are like this one where you just opt into one and that's it. They work perfectly every time. And mm-hmm. over my six years of doula work, I have seen more epidurals fail or work imperfectly and unevenly and, and have issues that I have seen a perfect epidural that does exactly what the woman was hoping that to do. They get rest, they wake up, they can feel well enough to push and that's the end. We've had Mm -hmm. epidural catheters fall out. 
Um, and we've had to advocate hard to get the doctors to recognize that that happened, to check mm-hmm. for it to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I could go on and I don't want to scare the people that are listening, yeah. but I think that there's this like misconception that mm-hmm. wanting an epidural means that everything's going to go smoothly and pain-free and, and that you don't actually need any support beyond that. And I would argue that you actually, <laughs> actually complicates things a whole lot more because, you know, then you're in the bed and then you're much more medically managed and it creates a whole bunch more opportunities for things to turn sideways, which is what are great at handling mm-hmm. and, and helping other people navigate in the hospital setting for sure. Yeah. So thank you for explaining that and for sharing that with us. I I want to talk about, I want to make sure that we talk about before we get off postpartum doula work, because I think I was like a doula by the time I figured out what that was. I don't, I don't, I think that's even less mm-hmm. a thing that people understand. And, and the more I go through motherhood, the more people I support and the more I navigate this Be Her Village journey, the more I think postpartum doula support needs to be the thing that everybody gets automatically. And that's, I mean, that's part of what Be Her Village is, right? We're trying to connect women with these services and have friends and family gift them. So it's just, it's, it's not like you have to learn how to ask for help. It's like automatic, you know, you get postpartum doula support the way you get like food, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. which by the way, that's one of the things postpartum doulas too. Is they right. you. Um, but, but can you explain a little bit about what, postpartum doula work looks like. I'm sure it's a scope and a spectrum. So like, you know, explain a little bit about what that relationship can look like and does look like. So I feel like postpartum um, doula work, well, first off is very different than having a baby nurse um, Mm -hmm. because a postpartum doula um, is there to support the whole family. Um, They're there to help support the mom. Um, They're there to provide education um, and really help guide you through those, those first couple of weeks, um, of having a new baby. Um, and so it's, you know, helping walk through all those things that are new, especially if you're a first time parent, like that first bath can be so overwhelming. I remember like being so afraid that I was going to drop this precious new thing that just came out of me, you know? (laughs) And so to have someone else that's there that can like, Oh, even like just picking up the baby, you know, like can just pick it up without that hesitation, that fear. And you can see, Oh, they really aren't that breakable. Like you can just like, just pick them up, you know? Um, And so that's what a postpartum doula is there to help just like model um, behavior to help provide education on how, you know, how do you flip down the penis for a boy, you know, so it doesn't pee out of the diaper, you know, like those kind of things um, to just give those tips um, to be able to talk through what new parenthood is like. Um, You know, when you, haven't showered in four days um, and you're feeling completely overwhelmed for them to say, I remember and I understand, and this is how I can help you in that. Um, so it's a, it's a balance of, of modeling education and then just providing overall support um, so that you can be rested. You can go shower. You can have a hot meal. You can, if you, you know, like some people, even when they have all those things done in their day, they want to be able to accomplish something. They want to be able to like get to their emails. They like that they needed to put away, unpack their diaper bag that they haven't done in three weeks. You know, like those kind of things. It just kind of feels good to accomplish stuff and not have just like that groundhog day over and over again. Um, and so postpartum doula, I kind of, I joke and I kind of say that it's like a mother-in-law without the issues that's really educated. <laughs> um, so that like, you know, that like they come in and they can anticipate your needs. They become part of your family and just 
help you move through your day with a huge layer of support. It's like mothering the mother without the baggage. (laughs) Yes. You get your mother mother mother-in-law without any of the baggage and guilt and judgment and side Mm -hmm. eyes and, oh, and, and advice, unsolicited advice. Oh, that just sounds, every time I hear the description of the postpartum guilt, it just, it sounds like something I could use now, you know, even Mm -hmm. though my youngest is four and a half, it just sounds like just the support that I think everybody Mm -hmm. needs. I think that the things that are asked of mothers in general, this is not just newly postpartum mothers, but mothers in general is, it's impossible. How, how, how do you have a full and vibrant career if you have one and have a fulfilling relationship and have hobbies? Maybe, I don't know if anybody has those and, uh, you know, have wellness and health and, and eating well and cooking and, and all that and mother the way that you want to mother and maybe clean your house and do laundry. Like it's just, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. So many things. It's so many things. And it's, I don't know. I love the way you just spoke about that. Like that people want to get things done. And what I heard was people want to feel like a person, not just a parent, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because when that baby comes, there is, I mean, of course, of course, we're like overwhelmingly in love with them and our time is taken up by them. But our identity can sometimes get just morphed into only being a parent and only being here to serve the needs of the baby and, and to be able to have somebody come in and step in and support you so that you can also answer an email or read an article or scroll Facebook alone, you know, like just mm-hmm. little, little things, whatever it is, but just to have a moment to yourself. That sounds yeah. just so beautiful. It's so lovely. And I think one of the misconceptions kind of with postpartum doula work is similar to um, birth doulas only for the natural home birther is that postpartum doulas, to have a postpartum doula is only if you don't have family around, um, that you don't have a support system, so you need to hire someone else to come in. Um, and I have supported lots of families that do have a huge support st- system locally, but parenthood is 18 years. It's a long journey. And if you have more than one child, it's more than 18 years that you are parenting and you need your family and those, that support circle for all of those years. Um, there's, you know, it's not just in those first six weeks that they come in and they help you. And then it's like, all right, everyone goes back to their own lives and you don't need their help with things anymore. Um, so to kind of help spread out, especially when it's so intense in those first couple of weeks of transitioning can really help a lot by having a postpartum doula come in and then grandma can come in and be grandma. Grandma doesn't have to come in and, you know, like try to help with the laundry and cook you a meal and, you know, do all of these things and like snuggle with baby real quick, you know? Um, Absolutely. So can you paint a little picture for, um, for me, because I don't know, but also for everyone who's listening, what that relationship actually looks like? Like, are you living in their house? Is it for two weeks? Is it for six months? Is it for the, a year? Is it a few hours a day? Like, how does that typically look in terms of like, what are people signing up for when they're um, thinking about hiring a postpartum doula to help them? I think in general, postpartum doula work can look very different for a lot of different people and a lot of different postpartum doulas. For me, it's more of that short-term intense. um, A lot of times it's within that first week after um, you come home from the hospital or after baby is here that I am there to help support you. Um, I personally only do um, do daytime doula work. Um, so it's during the daytime that, so I'm usually there for three to four hours during the day. Um, and usually for anywhere between two to 
to maybe six weeks. Um, that's the mo like in a couple of days a week. Um, so it's not that I'm there every moment and turning around the corner and like, hey, I'm here again, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's that like breath of fresh air. Oh, Janelyn's coming tomorrow. Okay, I know she's coming tomorrow. Like if I have a bad night, I know she'll at least be here tomorrow so I can get a good nap during that, you know, while she's mm -hmm. here. So it's very short, intensive time to help. Someone actually said one time that um, it was, it's like um, I was their training wheels when they um, were learning how to be a parent. Um, and so I it's just for that, that temporary support to help them then bloom and, and soar off into parenthood. That's absolutely beautiful. I love that. And I think that there's like this stigma around like having help, you know, like that people don't want to share that they've hired a quote unquote baby nurse or a newborn care specialist or a postpartum doula that there's this like feeling like we have to do it ourselves. Otherwise mm -hmm. we're not doing it right. But the way you paint that picture of training wheels, like, of course, of course, you've literally never done this before. Also, just to point out, like, I remember um, with my second baby, who was only two years younger than my first baby, I remember bathing him and being like, oh, I don't remember how to do this. <laughs> like, like, I was not a first-time mom, and I felt mm -hmm. like a first-time mom with every single baby. Mm -hmm. So, like, this mm -hmm. idea of, like, new – when I say new moms, I mean new moms, like, that you – newly have a season. new baby like it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with how many babies you have because I don't know I'm a mom of three and like my oldest I feel like I'm a brand new mom every time I interact with him because I've never raised an eight and a half year old mm -hmm. I've never dealt mm -hmm. with the issues that are coming up with him I've never figured out like how far you're allowed to go in the neighborhood and you know how I don't know like just there's like things like that are you allowed to sleep over at a friend's house are you allowed to just how do we navigate the questions you're asking me I have not one clue like I feel like are, are there postpartum doulas for eight-year-olds I don't know I would get one <laughs> if, if there are so if you know of any um but it's just I don't know it's just such a beautiful thing and like I I hope that anyone who's listening will really think about getting that type of support because it is, it's the support we're supposed to have, right? This is like the paid village, right? I mean, in, in generations before us, we just had communities. We just had women and families living in multi-generational homes or small villages or small communities, and they would help each other. And we would nurse each other's kids and we would prepare meals together and we would check in on one another and we're, we have lost that. And so mm -hmm. what we have now is postpartum doulas. So let's just, let's do it. Right. Like we can't, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe we can, and this might be my next thing. I really want to like create small villages in real life, but, <laughs> but I'm going to start virtually, you know, it's like, we have to, we have to start somewhere. And I think the village doesn't look like what we're familiar with, but it's actually a network of people who come into our homes and offer that warmth and that touch and that love and that expertise and they just help make everything feel better. And I think it's a really beautiful thing for sure. Before we jump off, I just want to make sure that we're touching on all the great things that you're doing. So if you want to talk a little bit about your work with the nesting place, you could share a little bit about uh, the ways that people can be involved with you besides obviously hiring you as a birth doula or postpartum doula, but there are definitely other ways to get in a room with you. So mm -hmm. 
Yes. So first off, I am also a certified lactation consultant. And so if, you know, people also in pregnant, I was about to say just in postpartum, but in pregnancy, like preparing for feeding baby, whether it's, you know, at the bottle or breast or pumping any of those combinations, like having some education ahead of time, that's a way that I can, it can connect. Then especially after baby is here, if they're needing any lactation support that um, I am a certified lactation consultant or counselor. And then the nesting place is so amazing. And I'm amazing. (laughs) Yes. So grateful to be involved with that. I do a prenatal support circle. Um, and so that is a great way to also connect with other people that are expecting in this time frame. Um, we have speakers that join us virtually that is over zoom. So I have speakers that join us, but then also just have time for us to be able to connect and talk and what's going on in pregnancy and how are you feeling and how are you going to handle postpartum and, you know, it's all of those kind of things. And then I also um, help facilitate the fourth trimester support circles with the nesting place. So excited that we actually are doing them in person again um, with oh, limited number, limited so number good. in mass. So it's, yes. Yeah, so it's very COVID safe, but it's so awesome to actually get together again in person. So I help facilitate those um, in person and then also virtually over Zoom. And once again, that's a place that you can come and find community support and education. So um, it's awesome. I love them. That is, it's absolutely amazing. The nesting place mm-hmm. is such an amazing uh, place. I, I tell people when I tell people about the nesting place, I'm like, it's literally, it's like a physical manifestation of Be Her Village. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it is a location you can go to and mm-hmm. have all of those services in one place. And it's, yeah. I just, I love Laura and Jackie and every, mm-hmm. what they've created there is so beautiful. And I'm so happy yeah. for them. And I love that you are doing a circle there and, and mm-hmm. women are getting the support they need in person and virtually. And it's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Janelyn, for joining me today. And I hope that you can go get some sleep <laughs> and, and take a deep breath before three kids. No, nope. oh before your <laughs> next birth starts. <laughs> yes. I know the feeling well. <laughs> lovely thank you so much and thank you all for listening we will catch you next time on the be her village podcast